Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Drinking in the Pen. My name is Dawn Garcia, and I am still battling this cold, so forgive the congestion, but I did want to upload a podcast and talk to you guys this week. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was, I know I talk about the amount of projects that I've completed and you know, not to give up and all that good stuff. But I really talk about the struggles that I have had over the last, (coughs) excuse me, the last year and a half. And I kind of wanted to talk about that more to let you know that you don't really, you know, all these things that we accomplish in life, most of the time they happen when we're kind of at the lowest points of our existence and obviously COVID for a lot of people has been really hard. It's been hard on the world. And, um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about that. So today I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of background about some of my own personal struggles and how I, yes, have completed a lot of projects, but also did so kind of what I was going through a lot of peril. So first off, when the pandemic broke out, <clears throat> we had already had COVID at this point, my my kiddo and I, not knowing that that's what it was because there wasn't a name to identify it, but we were sick for months and I'd never been that sick before. I remember at one point walking into my allergist, who's also a, a lung specialist, walking in there like a zombie and saying like, I need help. I can't breathe. And gone to the, had gone to the ER twice and, um, took my kiddo to the ER and we just were told that we had a terrible respiratory infection. She had antibiotics. I had multiple rounds of antibiotics, nothing helped. And so we had this lingering cough for months. And I remember the last, I mean, we were no longer at this point contagious because like we got it in December and January. So December, 2019, January, 2020. So in February, so probably about week seven of knowing that, you know, we were no longer like no fevers, no nothing, but also the cough was lingering and the cough never, the cough went away probably like four and a half months later. And I still haven't fully ever gotten I feel like my lungs must have scar tissue if they were to look, uh, because even when I work out and stuff, I do feel like it's more labor than it ever was before we got sick. So, but anyways, in, during this time, I was employed as a managing editor for three print publications in Southern California, in addition to running my own online magazine. So I was writing constantly, editing constantly, um, working with writers, all this good stuff. And so I was doing well. I was financially independent. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a, it had taken me a really long time actually to get to that place. And so when the pandemic happened by March, that was the last check that I got because in April they furloughed all of us. And when you are, and this is a, this is a, a national company, and they, you know, they're different regional magazines and, and I was in charge of Southern California. And when you are a contractor in California, anyways, um, you didn't qualify for 
for unemployment and I didn't get a stimulus check. So I went from paying the bills, taking care of me and my kid, you know, feeling like a responsible adult to being furloughed and losing my paycheck completely and had very little savings because, you know, the financial independence just started and I was just like, you know, thankfully I didn't have any debt or anything like that. Can say that now, but, um, realistically speaking, it was hard. It was hard because it was a super big blow to my ego. I, you know, was taking care of my, my kid and I needed to make sure that we were going to be fine. Now, granted, uh, her dad is amazing and lived nearby us and him, his wife were always, you know, available if we needed help or whatever, but financially speaking, I went from feeling like I really had it together to scrambling and hoping that I could make sure that we had groceries and that we had food and that kept the lights on and that we didn't move and that nothing happened to my car and all these things. And then, um, this school went to remote. And so now it was just my kid and I at home and, um, I didn't know what to do because I was so used to working so consistently and so hard that I went and I had to reevaluate. I had to completely adjust and adapt. And part of it at this time as well was um, from fall of 2019 to spring of 2020, I was raising money to make spiraling my short film. I was going to produce and direct it myself and we had cast it. I had an amazing cast. Um, uh, I don't know if you know who Juan Redeker is, but he is on um, Riverdale right now and Karen Giovanni and um, Lauren. And I, I was just so bummed because I had this really incredible cast. And then um, all of a sudden, I had to change course yet again and so you know it was sorry Lauren Bichal I just wanted to say that before I forget but uh those were my three characters anyways we raised all this we tried to raise all the money but then COVID happened and so of the 35,000 we needed I only was able to raise like I don't even think we raised 3,000 and it, that you know, before I was was furloughed, I was okay because I thought, well, I'll just work my butt off and I'll put aside money and eventually I'll just be able to fund this thing myself. But that didn't happen. And so then I was left with this incomplete campaign to raise money and no longer my, you know, could have my dream of making this film this film come to life, which the screenplay had at this point won several awards and people were really excited that I was finally gonna direct and I really loved, you know, we, we had done rehearsal, not rehearsal, well, we had done one rehearsal, but, you know, it all came to a halt. And that constant adjustment of A, not being able to make my movie and then losing my job and not getting unemployment and having nothing. Like I went from feeling like I was on top to, oh shit, I'm, I felt so deflated and, um, and it was a big blow to my pride because I worked so hard and to have it all just taken immediately was a really difficult thing. But that's when I also 
decided to use the time to be grateful that I had even more time with my amazing kid and that I had time to really reassess. So I no longer was distracted by this magazine and the stress that it, and it really was a very stressful and chaotic job. And I focused on reviving my own magazine and writing articles that made me happy and, and learning about artists and giving visibility to people that I hadn't had time to give enough visibility to. So that was great. And so A. Todd Magazine started to flourish again because I was not as stressed working on it. It wasn't a side project. It became, you know, one of my primary projects. And so I also knew that I didn't want to waste the money that people had invested in this in spiraling to be a short film. And so I decided to use the little amount that we had raised to develop it into an anthology series because after much thought and discussion, um, that just seemed like the right thing to do because I knew I wanted it to evolve past the short film anyways. The stories about suicide and trauma and the importance of one another and how much we actually need each other. And so I was able to take the time to develop that. But all of this happening while I no longer am making any money. I'm living in a 1940s bungalow and know that I'm not going to be able to afford it for very much longer. And I had to start worrying about, can I keep the lights on? Can I, do I have enough for food? And my partner who, him and his son and daughter lived, um, outside of LA, you know, they, they would come visit us during all this chaos and, um, you know, and as the months went on and I just, just, you know, the world got quiet and the world got eerily quiet at this point. And all of a sudden, the city that I knew that was always so full of life and loud chaos that became almost like white noise to me was so silent. And businesses were starting to feel the repercussions of having to be shut down. And we were all in this weird space of survival and I never did get the stimulus check. Like I said, I never did get unemployment. So for the next eight months, I went with nothing, no income enough to make sure that my kid was taken care of. You know, obviously her, her dad helped with any of that stuff. And I'm very lucky for that, to be honest, but we had to move. I knew we couldn't afford to stay there. I didn't want to get stuck in a moratorium where we were going to owe back rent because that's actually more stressful to me than just having to make a decision and move. And so during all of this, I, I hadn't totally done a ton of writing, but I did start turning spiraling into a series. And then we made the decision to move to my partner's house. It was a bigger house. We had more room the kids were kind of looking forward to having each other and so that's what we did and so packed up in the middle of all this and boxed up so much of my life but purged so much stuff and I think that is when stories just started to come at me like a hive of hornets that got knocked open it was like just swells of stories and ideas really were coming to me and maybe it was because I was so stripped of the comforts that I was used to, so stripped of any sense of security that I had gotten used to over the last couple of years. And we moved. And so when we moved, that's when I decided to rewrite 
um, another TV series, The Confidence Men, that I really wasn't happy with and I knew I wanted to adjust and I did. And that did start, you know, that that's won a couple of awards now, thank goodness. And, you know, and I made it what I wanted it to be. I, I used it as a way to create more roles for women. And I used this time, this time of weird devastation to figure out what I was really made of because there were many times, even when we were here, um, where we live now with our whole, like our little blended family, um, there were times when, you know, no one knew it, but I was crying at night when everybody was asleep because I hated not having income. I hated feeling like I was dependent on somebody else and, um, and didn't know what was happening with my career or the industry and, you know, what really, I just didn't know what was going on. And, and I felt very displaced and it was hard. And again, I know that there are plenty of people out there who had it way worse, but I was grateful for a roof over our head and food on our bellies. And, um, you know, we just learned to live on a budget and not that we always lived on a budget between me and my kid. That's what single parenting is all about. But as a family, you know, we had to figure it out because now, there were four of us. The oldest had graduated high school. And so, there I mean, five sometimes, but four for the most part in the house. And two cats and a big dog. So, you know, it was a big adjustment. But during that time, like I said, I'm always talking about how much I accomplished, which is great. But I was really struggling. And I tried to find the bright side of everything. And I just remember... um thinking about like the oceans and how without all of us in the water overfishing and destroying the beautiful aspects of nature, I thought about how beautiful it must be for these animals to finally procreate, to finally, you know, replenish all of the things that we had stolen from them. I thought about mountains and lands and, and places all around the world that got a chance to kind of rebirth themselves because we were not ravaging it the lands the oceans supplies resources I mean god haven't we all figured out we don't need half as much as we thought we did I think sometimes COVID was really good for that because we really are wasteful people and I think the value of one another is something that we obviously need to still learn because it seems like society and humanity has unraveled at such a rapid rate these days that I don't know if people even realize that we actually would do better if we could just stop being entitled and selfish and, you know, think that democracy doesn't matter because it actually does. And we need to make sure that we fight to maintain all of that. Uh, we're in a strange place, but anxiety of all of it, right? The election anxiety and like knowing that like basically we were like at a stalemate because Trump didn't want to leave office and then of course the insurrection happened and you know it, it, we've all dealt with more anxiety than I think any of us care to let on I think our kids bear the brunt of that intensely and if you look at any of the statistics the rate of depression in teens is very high and suicide rates all around the world went up at an exponential rate of something like 30 percent you know, we all got broken in some ways and I definitely felt pretty broken, but I used that time to sort of crack myself open and somehow, like I said, stories just started coming. And so, you know, 
I did finish and have 10 projects, not all like completed projects, but I have pitch proposals that I put together. I have pilots that I finished. I have episodes that I finished. I have a, two films. Well, I did finish a feature, but I have to do a rewrite. Best writers are rewriters. Let's be honest. It was such a crappy first draft. It was strong, but like, don't write what you don't want to write. Write what you want to write because it just reads very true if you're bullshitting it. But um, so anyways, I, I just kind of wanted to tell you that that in the midst of all this, magnificent things were happening behind the scenes. And while I'm finally getting to a place where, you know, there's light at the end of the financial tunnel, you know, my agent made a move and now he and I are at Gersh. My manager made a move and now she and I are at Zero Gravity. I have some fun news that I hope to be able to share soon. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I accomplished all this stuff while my world was really falling apart around me and I didn't necessarily let people know that that was happening. And sometimes maybe we need to let people know that we're falling apart because it's a very lonely existence when we don't. But this week, I just want to say, as writers, um, something I default to most is a quote that Anais Nin said once that I'm going to paraphrase is basically, you haven't lived until you suffered and stumbled through defeat. And I really believe that. I wish that as writers, we didn't have to suffer, but I also feel like from pain comes beauty and, and story isn't possible without a a pretty sordid road that got us there in the beginning or in the first place. So this week, I just want to encourage you to write. I want you to write scenes that you've witnessed. I want you to envelop yourself in music and let it rip you open so that story can flow through your veins and out through your fingertips. And I want you to know that if you're struggling or if you're worried about money or all that, I totally understand. Uh, It's a scary, scary thing. And relying on things like, you know, state health care and things like that seem scary. But guess what? At least they're available. So sometimes we have to put aside our ego to do what we need to do. And so I just wanted to let you know that as an example... That yeah, sure, I have managed to push through some dark shit, but I also know that had I not gone through that darkness, I don't know that I would have really truly appreciated um, all the things that have come as a result. So that's it. I just wanted to say it's time to be a little more frank and um, I'll get back to giving you some better writing advice next week. But for now, just know, you know, we've all been through it and the last 18 months, 19 months have been brutal. And I'm hoping that as music shows start to slowly come back and restaurants have opened and bars are starting to open, A, please go get vaccinated. I don't want to hear your um, excuse why you can't unless you have an autoimmune disease or something. But please go get vaccinated. Think about other people. Be a good human. And um, and use this time to create and, and, and find a way to create a creative tribe in your world because it will help you so much and just know you're not alone. So this is Dawn Garcia and this is drinking in the pen. Obviously you can reach me on Instagram at Dawn, D-A-W-N Garcia or DawnGarcia.com. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. Bye.